What's up, Connection? Welcome back inside the Wrestling Warzone, a Monday Night Wars podcast retrospective series. I'm JT, and joining me as ever is my partner, Chad. And a big thank you to the Tool Man, our producer, for the brand new logo, updated with the Raw's War logo, now that we're into this era. Yeah. Of course, this podcast, as I referenced, that logo is simulcast both audio and video, audio on all podcast applications, video here on our YouTube channel. We have a lot of WrestleMania content coming up. Myself and Marcus Fuller recently did a WrestleMania tier list uh, for the most rewatchable WrestleManias. I know, uh, Chad, you agreed with most of that, I believe. You were on board with everything. Yeah, everything was spot on. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, WrestleMania 4, very watchable. So uh, go over to the YouTube channel. I'll check that out. It's a, it's a hit, so check it out. Uh, also, Ryan Gray and myself counting on every WrestleMania match ever from 402 to 1. That ends WrestleMania Saturday. Those are all done in short form. They're a minute or less. They're on our TikTok channel, on our Instagram and Facebook Reels, and on YouTube Shorts. So there's a playlist on YouTube Shorts so you can catch them all if you haven't yet. Check that out. And, of course, tons of other content. Uh, WrestleMania season's here. You know we're going to be delivering all sorts of lists and games and frivolities. But tonight we are headed back to the Attitude Era, early days of the Attitude Era. We're in March of 1997. And, Chad, we are... Uh, the night after Super Bowl, correct? Uh, night after Uncensored. I mean, uh, Uncensored, I should say. Uncensored. Uncensored! Uncensored! How can I forget? <laughs> uh, so how are you? Everything good? Yeah, good. I'm feeling the love tonight. So there you go. We'll always try to get you. <laughs> no, when we're recording this. But uh, yeah, night after Uncensored, go home show for Mania. So mm-hmm. go home for Big Mania one. 13. So so a pretty interesting night all around. Um, couple of... Uh, uh, I guess we can dive right in, right? Yeah, let's get into it. So let's let's start with Nitro. All right, we're at Nitro at Savannah, Georgia. This is one they've been hyping. Um, it's St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 1997. Uh, Savannah has, as Tony tells us many times, the second biggest St. Patrick's Day uh, parade or party or whatever in the nation, which I had... I wasn't here for uh, this St. Patrick's Day. I think it had been the next year. My dad had a big work project in Savannah, um, and uh, it was late '97 because because we'll get to it. But the um, the Nitro right after Survivor Series. I know I was in Savannah because when the NWO walks out with the uh, like Canadian flags, flags and yeah. stuff. Yep, yeah, I was like, okay, here we go, and then. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then into '98, so so I'd been in Savannah on St. Patrick's Day. It is a huge like deal. It's it's interesting. It's a fun time. Um, but yeah, so they're in Savannah. Uh, they sold out here, according to Meltzer. It was right over five thousand <laughs> paid for the building. So good, good turnout here. Or uh, five thousand in the building. Let me see how many paid. It was, I got it right here, 5413 in the building, around 4400 paying $51,000 just a gate. So there you go. Got the sell Central out. night for sure, yeah. Yes. Uh, we get the, uh, the actual, not the animation opening. So they haven't done that, as we talked about in a while, I think because they finally realized they still had Face Hogan and some other junk. <laughs> yes. It didn't make sense. Um, but we do actually, like, the last few weeks, they've been doing a direct, like, cold open with usually the NWO coming out of the limo or whatever, the Hummer. Um, this time we do get the pyro in the arena. There's the green uh, nameplate for Savannah, Georgia, and we get the actual, like, green flame fire. Uh, so, you know, just to mix it up a little bit, add a little flavor. 
uh, with it being the uh, St. Patrick's Day edition of Nitro. We go right into our opening match, which looks like a dandy on paper. It's Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio Jr., one of our favorite pairings of the uh, Wrestling War Zone so far. Um, Larry, on commentary here, he acted like Psychosis was new. To some degree, because he was talking about like, hey, I got briefed from Mike Tanay about this guy and how these two are longstanding rivals and all this. stuff. like, Larry, I mean, <laughs> we've been, been around a lot, but come on. It was like he just showed up yesterday. Um, so so that was annoying. Uh, also of note, at one point in this match, they uh, talk about on WCWWrestling.com, they have the Spanish and Japanese commentary going. And they actually cut to the back where you see Sonny Ono and Ultimo Dragon, who's uh, unmasked but kind of like blocking his face. He's got his hands in front of his face. Uh, they're doing the the uh, commentary there on WCWWrestling.com. Um, so this will be a theme of this show. Uh, a lot of matches, uh, not a lot of time. Uh, I think this, uh, this is the second longest match of the night, I believe. And it's right under four minutes. Uh, what they did in those four minutes, I thought was pretty spectacular. I thought this was actually a pretty good showcase. Um, obviously, it needed, you know, it could have used probably like a couple more minutes to at least hit that like good to hidden gem level. Uh, but what they did was very crisp. Uh, Ray's flying around all over the place. He hits his Rana and his somersault senton on the outside. And then the uh, like his uh, finisher, you know, kind of the Frankenstein Rana is one of the best he ever he ever does, where he absolutely like dunks Psychosis right on his head. Uh, psychosis throughout this match was mainly being a base for Rey Mysterio and did his job well. Um, you know, these two have really good chemistry with each other. I, I think uh, besides Eddie Guerrero, I'd argue probably Psychosis may have the best chemistry with Rey Mysterio of anyone. Um, there's a couple others in contention, but, but he's certainly up there. I mean, I'll, I usually like Ray and Psychosis better than Ray versus uh, Uvi. Um, so so I enjoyed this. It was just too short to be anything kind of grander than it was. So I went two and three quarters, but it was very enjoyable for four minutes. Tony right out of the gate mentions NWO can now request subtle shots at any time. I know, I know that stip was all over the place, but um, yeah. so that that's where we ended up coming out of Uncensored. That's what the NWO won. I uh, was now thinking it requests a title shot anytime. And I will say, I, I hate that stipulation because why wouldn't they just ask for a, a, every title every night on every show everywhere? And I know they own yeah. most of the titles at this point, but um, it's kind of silly to me. Like to, I don't know. It, it's, I don't know what else they could have done to make it more realistic, but everything they threw out that the NWO could have won at one point or another in this feud just seemed like it was so out there that it made no sense. Yeah. They could have fleshed it out. Uh, if I'd have thought about it more and done like a, a one cash in situation. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like the modern day cash in stuff drives me nuts too. So this does too. I don't, I don't but all really... the steps were dumb for that show. It was like WCW or the end of it was gone for whatever, whatever, what 96 months, whatever the hell, what, 36, it was, uh, months. 36 months. Yeah. I mean, that's the best. I mean, that's like. The, yeah, the, I mean, we, we, we we'll, after this, we'll put these dumb stipulations behind. We talked about it. They were so, like, haphazard. But the NWO stipulation against them was so, uh, so, so it penalized them. I mean, it essentially would have eradicated them. Then right. you have the Team Piper one, which only serves him. 
Right. So that's a problem. And then this NWO one, as you talk about, it's it gives them too much power. Like, I think you could have just said, like, I mean, honestly, what they probably should have just said is Bischoff's automatically reinstated. And that's all you needed. Because yeah, then like you that. still have him as, like, his power oversight. But it's not... You know, like so overarching. Or and to it, say they can challenge for any, they can request one title shot per show, but it's something like that. Like at least where it's not any title shot at any time. Because why wouldn't they just keep, you know, okay, they do one tonight, do another one tonight. As soon as that match is over, if they don't win it, do another one tonight. Like there's too many loopholes as to what that allows that it does, it makes it look ludicrous that they don't just keep requesting yeah, a title match. Yeah. The, uh, the stipulation as it's stated, there's not any real logical reason why, like, they attack Dean Malenko later on in this show and then mm-hmm. immediately demand a U.S. title shot right. for six, and he wins. The uh, it's no, it, I think they are ahead of the game with the co- online commentary. I mean, you're getting play-by-play in Japanese and Spanish on the website. Like, I think that's kind of cool. This is really early uh, web stuff. So they're definitely ahead of the game more than you probably realized at the time. Yeah. Um, as far as streaming on the internet, uh, the Larry with the history stuff is pretty funny. I mean, like you said, they've been around for almost a year now and uh, <laughs> he's still just figuring it out. Um, and I thought, I thought the match was fine. I Ray really balled out. Uh, I like the finish. It's a tight squash. I mean, psychosis pretty much just got worked over completely. Um, but this, this is a good rehab for Ray off of that ridiculous uncensored debacle with Prince Ayuke of the night before. So this is a good reset. I went to it a quarter just because of the, the duration and it basically just being a squash of psychosis. Uh, now we get <clears throat> kind of like a, a serious interview. Gene interviews Arn Anderson uh, kind of away from all the horsemen. It's just Arn that comes out there. He's, uh, Gene says usually he would be with the horsemen, but not tonight. Arn says last night was a historic night in WCW history because Sting came home. Uh, he says that Halloween having suffered a neck injury kind of gives a rundown of all that where different <laughs> vertebrae have to be fused together and all this. So we get the complete diagnosis from it. Uh, he says he left him uh, paralysis in his left hand 10 years ago. Uh, the woman who raised him, his granny, was dying of cancer. At one point, Orrin asked her while she was hanging on. She said she waited until he was a mature leader that could lead his family. And once uh, he saw that, then uh, she could go die in peace. Um, and he kind of parlays that into his current situation where he said he's <coughs> hanging on to see if he could hold himself together, the horseman. And uh, last night they did. They kind of came together without Orrin and Flair there. He says Flair is coming back, so the horsemen will be fine, and they're alive and well. And when you get operated on, you don't know if you'll wake up. Uh, and then he gets dark. <laughs> yeah, then he starts talking about Kevin Sullivan, his son, uh, Ben Sullivan, telling his dad that he's already dead. Uh, Orange said that he wouldn't have kicked Kevin nine months ago at a Great American Bash if he'd have known how much he would have endured personally over the subsequent nine months and when he wakes up from his surgery if he wakes up from the surgery he wants the uh, slate to be wiped clean between him and sullivan and you haven't seen the last of arn anderson he will be back so so this i mean in a lot of ways this is riding him off like in the mm-hmm. observer it talks about it, this was sort of like a semi shoot 
And, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, Dave's already talking about there's a real good chance he won't be returned to the ring, which we know he doesn't. Um, and actually talks about how they had had discussions already for him to move to an announcer role, um, which I think he would have been good in. I think he's back pretty soon, like at ringside, isn't he? I don't think uh, he's even yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to check um, how quick he makes it back to ringside. But, but this felt... This this kind of felt like a, a a goodbye for the in ring performer Arn Anderson, just in the way he was talking. Uh, touched on a lot of things here. I think the end storyline stuff he did well. Um, I mean, it's an Arn promo, so it's going to be handled well with severity too. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. Outside of the Ben Sullivan, I don't know. Like, why do we need to bring Sullivan's kid into this now? Like, I just like we've it's someone we've never heard of or seen, and he's like now Ben tells Kevin he's dead to him and he says no parent should bury a child but they're dead to each other like I, I don't know it just seemed a bit much like um and then it also seems like he's talking about unity of the horseman and this is his his horseman buddy's deadly rival and he's basically like yeah I wish I never kicked you because I, I feel bad for you <laughs> I, I tell you we're supposed to hate him we're trying to bring the horsemen together and if if I'm like my buddy is like you know, apologizing to my rival, I'd be pretty pissed at him. So I don't, it's just kind of weird. It was that like just didn't need to be shoehorned in. It just goes with a lot of the Sullivan stuff that always seems like on a right field um, that kind of gets thrown in at like the in there randomly with no real context or understanding of what the hell they're talking about. Like Arn doesn't do it as much. Sullivan does it a lot. But this, I don't know. I just felt like oddly like <laughs> Sullivan told him to work it in as like a booking thing. It just made no sense. I think the issue <clears throat> that I had with the Ben Sullivan stuff is I didn't know if it happened on Saturday night or what. Right. It felt kind of like a Mortis Glacier situation. Yeah, it's something. It's like this is getting brought up. Is this on screen? Is was this off screen? Right. You you gotta give us context. So yeah. Yeah. So other than that, though, it's great. You know, it's a it's a pretty historical moment for sure. I mean, it's Arn's retirement. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, some photo stills of the Savage versus Page altercation from Uncensored. Tony narrates us through that. Then we get Max. <laughs> kind of <laughs> shake the uh, mothballs off of him. Him versus Dallas Page. Uh, Max is still repping the dungeon music. He comes out all on. No Jimmy Hart or nobody. Um, uh, this, this goes a minute. Uh, Diamond Cutter ends it. Uh, D- a couple only notes i had for here was uh once someone threw a slim jim into the ring which was pretty <laughs> funny that the referee had to kick off uh ddp does a springboard splash which was very unconventional it's called out on commentary yeah. I, don't, I don't know where that came from but it looked good and then max may drop two of the worst looking elbows <laughs> i've ever seen in my life here he with, sucks. um I, they 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 came down at like an angle. It was almost like he was trying to blade Page uh, right above the eye with the point of his elbow and the way he came down. It, it was just very awful, awkward looking. Uh, but yeah, this is a squash. Like I said, a minute I went a star was what it was. Yeah, he's an old dungeon guy, but he's also DDP's old bodyguard. They don't really mention that. That's in true. Here. There's no no mention. Um, he stinks. Yeah, one star for me. DDP is red hot. He's on fire. The diamond cutter's over. Um, Max, I'm guessing, was probably at the power plant, and they kind of tried tried him out again here because he hasn't been on for a bit. So I'm guessing they had sent him for some more training, but he's he's no bueno. Yeah. Uh, DDP interviewed. P says after Savage and that bimbo Liz did to his wife that this is the real world. 
Savage, if you want to snap into the real world, no problem. You were born to be a chalk outline. You're dead man walking. Gene says, well, that might be a little strong. As uh, Paige, Paige starts to walk away, we get the brother, 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 my favorite, uh, which is Savage. Larry says he's hiding in the crowd like a coward. Uh, Gene actually has to point out to Paige where he is. Uh, Savage is in the crowd with Miss Elizabeth. Uh, he says, what you need to do is take the bass out of your voice when you're talking about the macho band because I'm the superstar. I'm an icon, and you are the wrestler with no name. He says he did his wife a favor. She's quite happy with the macho man. If you want a match, that can happen. DDP yells, let's do it right now. Macho goes to ask Elizabeth if he should do it now or wait till later. Uh, but DDP like sprints up there and actually gets up there in like record time. I can't believe how fast he uh, yeah, like hops the guardrail and they have to scurry away. So so I thought this was a good follow up to what Sensor. Looks like we got the match signed and uh, it's a hot angle. Yeah, this is really good. This feud's been great since Super Brawl. Savage even throws it out that it could be either sanctioned or unsanctioned. So the kind of teasing where they could maybe head with it. Um, it's it's been well done. The stuff at Uncensored we liked a lot. And now we're continuing here. So it's this fresh feud. It's a new feud. It's Savage's first as a heel. Page's first top-level feud. So there's like a lot going on here with these two guys, and they're really nailing it so far. Our next match is uh, Conan, Hugh Morris with Jimmy Hart versus Joe Gomez and the Renegade. Uh, Tony teases us that the Sting footage is coming up. Uh, <coughs> both teams are in the ring when Eric Bischoff and the Outsiders interrupt. They come out. They head to the announce booth. Uh, Tony and Larry have an argument whether they're going to stay or retreat. Um, well, yeah, Larry says they have no authority. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric says they're not going to beat them up. The tag team champs are here to give instead of receive. They'll step into the ring tonight. Uh, Steiner Brothers, Harlem Heat, and Public Enemy are all here. He asks Hall and Nash if they are up for it tonight, and they say they are. The world tag team champs wrestle tonight because they love you. So there you go. Uh, basically setting that up for later. Nothing much there either. Uh, Tony announces Spring Stampede will be in Tupelo in a couple of weeks, really. Uh, as far as the match itself, this is a pretty generic match where the Dungeon of Doom work over uh, Gomez's leg. Um, they kind of catch him off guard right at the beginning where I guess Gomez and Renegade are distracted by the outsiders. They end up getting sneak attacked by the Dungeon crew. Uh, Larry has a, a real-world... Uh, moment where he says let's take Hall and Nash to Greg Norman's house and maybe they will fall down the stairs like what happened to him that took him out of golf for a while uh Gomez's right leg was worked over I made a note of that you know he traditionally the left leg but it was Gomez's mm -hmm. right leg um you know pretty generic stuff but I thought it was actually okay uh this is the longest match of the night this is just over five minutes That's crazy. uh then, then we get an interesting finish where uh, he makes a hot tag to Renegade. Renegade comes in as a house of fire for the quick bit, but then he uh, immediately almost tags Gomez right back in. They push Renegade onto the outside and then hit the no laughing matter on Gomez to get the pitfall. And on commentary, they kind of talk about that. Like they chalk it up to Renegade letting his emotions get the best of him. And, um, uh, but, but if you look at Renegade's like, actions in the mm -hmm. in the ring himself he's kind of like dude you know he's sort of like where were you or whatever so so 
we'll see where they go with this. This could yeah, be it definitely seems like they're setting up a renegade turn. Yeah, th- this could be a drop day goal when we get to our spreadsheet, but but as a first chapter, you know, I mean renegade's not gonna be doing anything. So so I mean it's whatever. It was at least gave a little interest into the the development of them. Um match was fine. I went two stars. It was okay. Yeah, star and a half for me. It's kind of whatever. We'll see what the renegade turn becomes. I mean, as far as a low level thing, if he's gonna be a heel on like the weekends, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know if they were thinking of him as maybe an NWO guy, which uh, yeah, possible, I mean, I, I, I don't know, like Dungeon or NWO. I mean, I, I definitely yeah. think, like, if he's turning, he needs to be in a faction. Um, yeah. Well, and he's got ties to Hogan and Savage yep. back to 95, yep. so maybe they could have played that up, yep. uh, that they were bringing him in under their wing or something. But, yeah, it's not much. They also, addition to Tupelo, they plug uh, Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota for upcoming events. So they're kind of working the northwest, uh, uh, the north, central, <laughs> central north uh, part of the country at this point. Yeah, so, the yeah. – uh, uh, this this nitro was sold out. They talk about like the next couple of weeks also are sold out or standing room only too already. So the yeah. the in arena business is doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, next match, Demon Linko. This this is a quick. We'll we'll talk about. I mean, I guess the overarching thing for this nitro is they have a lot kind of in the hopper for yeah. way down the road. Um, with Rodman with. Hogan and Sting, you know, a lot of long stuff. Uh, so this ma- this Nitro, in a nutshell, is a lot of very quick matches and some, like, tiny crumbs of development. But it's a pretty, you know, I think we had 11 matches on the show, which is a lot, too many, really. Uh, Dean Malenko versus Scotty Riggs. Stills of Riggs versus Bagwell, as well as Dean versus Eddie from last night. Dean works over Riggs and is aggressive, uh, slams Riggs over the guardrail. Uh, Riggs does make a com- comeback, hits a backdrop and a drop kick. Um, you know, for a three-minute match, I actually thought Riggs looked pretty good. I actually think Riggs has looked that bad uh, lately since the debacle with Bagwell. Uh, but uh, he gets hit with a hot shot and a roll-up win for Malenko. Very quick match. I want to start in three quarters. Uh, again, it was good for the two minutes that lasted, and Dean kind of yells at the camera afterwards that he still wants a piece of six. Yeah, starting three quarters for me too. I guess Riggs is okay after that brutal bump. Maybe they should have given him like a night off to sell it. <laughs> the one at uncensored where he get thrown over the rope with the with the strap. Wow. <laughs> like you mentioned, Tony notes that Nitro sold out for two weeks. Yeah. Coming up. Uh, this is to me where the big first plot hole came in. Like, why wouldn't the NWO be out here challenging Malenko? It makes no sense at all. Um, that they wouldn't just take this title shot away from Riggs or whatever if they could take any title match at any time. So to me, that didn't make sense. Uh, if you're having a title match without them, it doesn't really work within the the construct that they set up. Uh, I think Riggs just needs a new look. I think that's his biggest thing right now. Like cl- yeah. still clinging to the American males. Like he should have taken a week off from the injury come back maybe next week and have like just maybe cut his hair or there's something different, like not the American males gear. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's in short tights or something, just something to mix it up a little bit. So it's it it's like the Marty, the Marty yeah. Gennetti effect with him. Like he can't, he gets too attached to the look. I mean, even when he veers off the music, finally, he still pretty much has that look with like the long right. hair and the pants and the color scheme. He, he, I mean, for years, like I saw him locally in Carrollton in 2002, and he was still rocking 
pretty close. At least we didn't get at least we didn't get American Mail, like the new American Mail, just something like we did at the Rockets yeah. later on. Um, it's funny because I feel like 1999 Raw gets like always called out for like the short express slide matches and not focus on any ring. I feel like Nitro here in early 97 has kind of been close to that. Not not as much. Um, I think the difference is with those Raws, it was a lot of story stuff, whereas here you're just getting a shitload of matches. Um, but it's just interesting. You don't think of Nitro, when you think of just like of the memory of Nitro, you think of longer in-ring action. You know, that's what their calling card was. And maybe it's still to come, I think, a little bit. But this is like this era still where there, there are a lot of express line matches. It's like three minutes an hour on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I think the... Um... We'll, we'll get that way down the road. But I think 99, the comparison is at that point on Nitro, there was a lot longer matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people are still hanging on. You had that um, comparison here. I mean, Raw has longer matches now. Um, yeah. Although with the Raw's War, we talked about it last week, was a little squash heavy. This week still has some issues too. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this was... I would think I would say this was the most express line nitro we've had. We've had uh we've had, you know, some. We've yeah. had like eight or nine matches. I don't know if we've had eleven. <coughs> um no, and there and there was nothing here. Like the tag match I said was the longest. It's like five oh seven. There's at least three or four matches that could easily lopped off this and, and been fine. The one we just talked about being one of them. <laughs> like we probably didn't need that necessarily. Um it really shows Riggs is a jobber. I mean, he's done. Yeah. I mean, like, it is Malenko and Buff, but, yeah, he sucks. Uh, WCW Saturday Night, Steiner Brothers, Dean Malenko, Kevin Sullivan, and Jack Quinn, Giant, Alex Luger, no matches announced. <laughs> now we get a great squash. Uh, the Giant and Lex Luger versus the team of Tarantula and Knuckles Nelson. Uh, what a name and look for these this job mm-hmm. squad. Uh, Giant dominates to start. Double clothesline looks cool. Gets a great re- reaction. Choke slam. Uh, Tarantula gets power slammed and racked from Luger. Uh, very quick squash. I'll say the crowd is molten for this. Mm-hmm. Like they are insanely over. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, I went a star. It was what it was. These are like the most jobber jobbers of, uh, you know, straight out of WCW superstars in 1989. Um, and you know, they get beat up very quickly. Yeah. One star for me too. The biggest thing is the crowd, just how over Luger and giant are coming, especially coming off the big win the night before, uh, Luger is clearly prying for some sort of big title shot with Hogan at some point here. So we'll see when we get it. They, they're obviously building him to it. We know Sting's looming, so like, when's this going to happen? But Lex is as over as he's ever been right here. Yeah. Uh, so they give an interview. <clears throat> uh, John says he's happy to see Sting back. He says that him, Luger, and Steiners have carried the load. It's nice now to see the light at the end of the tunnel is much brighter when someone the caliber of Sting comes back home. Uh, so good promo for the Giant. Yeah. This, I thought, was one of the worst promos from Luger that we've actually had. I think this is where people get upset with Luger. And usually I don't get too bothered by it, but right here he starts like five different points. And when you try to recap this interview, you can't because he does basically a run on sentence to his next point. (laughs) Says he believes in Santa, Leprechaun, Easter Bunny, and Tooth Fairy now. When Sting dropped from the sky above, his face in Mankind and WCW and each of the fans was raised. We've been rewarded. He's proud how everyone has fought and the fans stood by them, all of WCW organization was uplifted with Sting. 
They show stills of Sting last night um, as thing as they kind of cut him off. But again, like <coughs> trying to recap that, like everything right. was just a run on minutes. So, yeah, like he, he he kept saying, like you know, I started to believe in all of mankind. Oh, because now we're on top. It's like whoa, it, like what happened here? So. You know, a, a little blip in the road there for uh, Lex. Not his best effort. No, no. But Giant, though, was great. Um, and then we yeah. talked about this at Uncensored a bit, like just how good this story's been that, you know, Giant, um, Luger's kind of doing for Giant what Sting did for him. And, I uh, know, you know, he's kind of realizing maybe a little bit that the way he treated Sting in the fall wasn't great. So he's trying to get the penance back by welcoming <clears throat> Giant back in um, to kind of, you know, do repay the favor and the giant to repay him is so thankful that he's been brought back in that he defers to Luger now as a, as a de facto leader uh, for WCW. So I think there's a lot of cool little nuance. If you've been following along like the entire sting Luger story since Luger debuted back in WCW, I think they've actually done a nice job of like tying some of those together, whether it's intentional or not, it works well that again, Luger is kind of doing the same thing sting did for him. He went through the same thing. And he wasn't going to stand in the way of bringing a giant back when he knows what it's like to be ostracized. So I thought it was cool. Some stills of Glacier versus Mortis. Uh, they mentioned on commentary that Vandenberg is a collector of rare oddities. Mm. So, there you go. I felt the same uh, way at, at my house at the Rumble. <laughs> yes. uh, Ultimate Dragon versus Bobby Eaton. This is your random match generator of this show. Uh, Larry on commentary calls Dennis Rodman skinny and says he looks like a zipper if you turn him sideways. Uh, th this match was a shame. This this literally went like forty five seconds, and uh, Bobby gets a few punches in. Dragon gives him the Rana from the seated position on the ropes, and then pins him. Uh, which would I mean, you know, come on. Uh, I did. The only note I had was it was funny seeing how big, much bigger Bobby Eaton was, like mm. tall and and girth than Ultimo Dragon, because you kind of, I mean, Bobby gained weight obviously from his right. Midnight Express days, but. You, you think of him more as a cruiser the, guy. Yeah, sure. junior underneath guy, yeah. and he's like towering over Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give, I don't know. Like, you, you could have gave this seven, eight minutes, right? Like, and cut some of the other crap out, and it could have been entertaining. Half yeah, I went half a star. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's 45 like said, 45 seconds. It's stupid. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, why bother? It's Dragon is established enough. We don't need to see him out here for 45 <laughs> seconds to kill Bobby. And like, it doesn't make sense, any of it. Um, and yeah, if we looked at this card at the end, I'm sure we could come up with three or four matches gone and then extend some of these other ones and then fine. NWO music fires up Hogan's here. I didn't know if he was here or not because we hadn't seen him yet. But he he's not going to miss the biggest St. Patrick's Day parade in the that's world. True. He uh, leads out his entire crew that's there. Uh, actually, a pretty strong crew, I thought, this week. No Bubba, mm -hmm. Wall Street, <laughs> none of the big They're on the hospital. Jobbers. Yeah. Uh, Eric says another big win for the NWO thanks to its newest member talking about Rodman. Hogan, dog. Hogan says now that everyone has bowed to the NWO and everything they've said has come true with their newest member Hot Rod, the Madness and the Outsiders, as well as the rest of the brothers. Uh, they, <laughs> the brothers. Yeah, everybody else gets lumped in. Uh, they should rule for all eternity. Bischoff says for DDP's benefit, there's nothing I'd rather see than you talking to Macho Man kicking his tail. Savage then calls Paige Kimberly's husband and uh, says he will take him on. And uh, then Bischoff says the biggest announcement they have right now is about the World Tag Team Champs. 
Nash calls them the Einsteiners, of course, as they've had a couple mishaps lately. And uh, Nash lays out the challenge for them at Stampede. Uh, Hall says, yeah, let's bring it. A huge drink hits him right in the face as he uh, gets on the microphone. Larry screams, good shot. He loves that. <laughs> um, and uh, that's it. So pretty easy promo, I would say, for everybody. And again, I thought this kind of showed uh, especially as Hogan's concerned, how much of a gap now we have before mm-hmm. he's really involved in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he's still got this Robin situation and the Sting situation, but he's not going to be defending this title for a minute. Um, so he kind of. I don't think he defends it till August. No, he don't have a lot to say. So. I, I mean, he's, he's only, on, I think, between, not to project out too much, but I think he's only on one pay per view between now and August. And I think it's one, I don't think he defends the title until the big one in August. I don't think. Yep. 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 Yeah. So, I know he don't defend the title on pay per view till August. So he, he's kind of, he's kind of chilling for a while. So, so I guess his quota, but I mean, he's still appearing. So we'll have to see when he, if he starts well, like, yeah. And actually, he's he's on pay per view. He's got the one pay per view in what is it, July or whatever. So it's it's July. yeah. So between now and July, is no pay per view matches, no title defenses till August. But I think he's on TV a lot, at least until that build in July. So I, yeah. I don't know if we'll see him, you know, in April, May as much. But that that'll be yeah. the interesting thing to uh, yeah to kind of try. I mean, really, I mean, honestly, with the WCW schedule, we saw it in like '95. I mean, I would say like 94, it's from May to when Hogan comes in in July, 95, 96, 97. Like the spring is really their quiet period as Mm -hmm. far as like huge development. Um, And then I think in 98, it's something I'll be interested to track just with the rise of Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, But, but they also did a lot. I really think in 98, um, they there's circumstances where they had to change that because then you know like they do the true like back and forth where weeks right. week after week the ratings change yeah. so you have all the wolf pack and stuff like that I, I this 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 year i mean there's stuff i like but i think as far as like what they're really building to and what they're kind of staking their- yeah so it's summer and beyond and i think they're saving hogan they know they get stuff they go and do in the summer it's a big match and then they get stuff Obviously, with Sting coming back at the end of the year, they're going to try and save it for that, too. So, yeah. Um, and I thought this is good. It was quick to the point. Again, just like everything yeah. else on this show, you get the whole crew out there. We didn't need to ramble. They kept Hogan tight. The dirty dogs in the house. We're good to go. Yeah. Uh, NWO Hotline uh, Shield Hour 2 starts off with some more pyro. 159 a minute for the NWO Hotline. Uh, the announcers bring us in. Tony, Bobby, Tanae. Tony calls Sting coming down the biggest moment in wrestling history, and Tanae agrees with him. <coughs> uh, Bobby talks about the stipulations a little bit, and they show the Macho versus Page clips from earlier. Uh, Tony says the match is signed for Spring Stampede, and it's no DQ match. So there we go. Uh, Mongo, Jeff Jarrett versus Alex Wright, and Mark Starr. Uh, we get Stills of Public Enemy versus Autumn Heat. Discussion on commentary of Orange's injury. Uh, good teamwork by the Horsemen this week with frequent tags and double teams. Uh, other team, I don't even know if they got any offense. Jarrett wins in two minutes with a figure four. I want to start here. This is mainly just so uh, they can show that Jarrett and Mongo are cohesive with each other. Freshly minted NFL Hall of Fame entry. Yep. Mongo McMichael. Uh, one star. Yeah, sick. I, I, just another showcase squash. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's not much to say a lot about a lot of this today. <laughs> no. Uh, so Public Enemy comes out. They hurl a trash can right into Jarrett. Uh, I tell you what, Johnny Grunge has really started to piss me off between his nonsensical promo on the last Nitro and then what it happens here. Because Deborah nails him with the Halliburton, and he completely mm-hmm. no-sells that. Then he gets hit with Jarrett. He doesn't even sell that very much. It's like, dude, we've seen this Halliburton win how many matches now? Mm-hmm. Knock people out cold. He takes two shots right to the back and is just like still brawling to the back. Like it sucked. Uh the the brawl itself when they get back there, it was fine, but um, you know, it it, it was this feud leaves at least something to be desired. I know they're trying to maybe get the public enemy heated back up, but they're they just feel like a bottom feeder team right now in this promotion. Like that doesn't really have like, could you see public enemy facing the outsiders realistically? You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's kind of the barometer right now is for me with teams. And I think we're limited in the teams that feel legitimate because of that. Like I think Harlem heat, the Steiners faces of fear and probably Jarrett Mongo beyond that. Every other team feels like kind of fill um, that really couldn't like hang with the tag champions right now. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a promo. <clears throat> Deborah says she never bragged, but she thinks Jarrett makes a great horseman. She loves to prove everyone wrong. She's beautiful, intelligent, and has money. That's a winning combination. Uh, Jarrett says we are a winning combination. Flair <clears throat> put him over, and he didn't make a liar out of him. Uh, they're fighting public enemy at Spring Stampede. Mongo says Deborah has more class than all you losers put together, yelling at the crowd. Uh, Mongo's ready to eat some public enemy tartar, and uh, this I didn't understand. So tell me, that I, was this a pot shot at ECW or what was this? Where Deborah says she isn't one to gossip, but Grunge's girlfriend should be an artist because she's good at drawing flies. Is that who is this girlfriend? I don't even know. I don't. I don't know. I didn't know what that meant. I think she says flies. I, I you know, Gene. Or telegraphs it and like basically pulls the microphone away from her. It's like, oh, you know, whatever, right? So you can't really see it. I meant to do it with closed captioning, but I don't know. I, I didn't get that one, but otherwise, I thought this was fine. Yeah, I could try and check real quick and see if there was anything out there. Um, it was a neighbor of Chris Benoit when he died. Um, God, this is a rough Wikipedia entry. He was morbidly obese. <laughs> <clears throat> it doesn't say that about a wife or girlfriend. I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I would have been take it as more like a <clears throat> pot shot at him, but I don't know. Do you think he meant? Um, do you think she just meant rock or rock? Maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get it. If if she said flies, but I don't know what else she would have said. Like I, I rewound it right. twice, and I, I, I didn't. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't. And I'm trying to even think of who was in. ECW at that point, that would have been like a female is Beulah. It wouldn't be well, better. I was thinking just in general, like the promotion, like that you know, they um, don't draw there. In the but if I anyone knows what maybe she's referencing, put it in the yeah, comments. Here we go. Know, but yeah, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, the promo's fine, it, it's standard stuff. They're fighting public enemy at Spring Stampede, whatever. Um, they seem like they're on the same page. We'll see if it lasts. My guess is not. <laughs> I'm sure, I'll be fighting again soon. Yeah, uh, Stagger Lee's Road Report. Yeah, he's in from Duluth, where it's 19 degrees and on its way down to 13. He hypes up the legendary matches that have happened back in Minnesota. He's at a Nitro party tonight. Nitro's on the way next week in Duluth. It's already sold out. 
Lee says they're going to sing Rainy Day Weasels as a tribute to Bob Dylan. Bobby says Duluth is 19 degrees and 11 feet of snow, and Lee's there, and he's in Savannah, and Lee's making fun of him. doesn't make sense. So, yeah, he, I mean, good point by Bobby because he says, like, the show's already sold out. So Yeah, so why are you there? <laughs> what are you trying to hype up? Yeah, dummy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott Norton versus Chavo Guerrero. Of course, the B music, uh, NWOBT music for Norton. Fun big versus little match here for the three minutes at last. Chavo uh, kind of works to take the big man down and ends up taking out the legs of Norton uh, to gain the advantage for a little bit. But Norton's power moves uh, help him uh, take back over, and then he ends it with a vicious power bomb. Um, you know, again, it was entertaining for what it was, but when three minutes, I'm going to start in three quarters. I did enjoy uh, Scotty Norton coming out to the old B-team theme. At least we get that. Uh, upcoming events in April, Dayton, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, and Saginaw. Uh, yeah, it, not much. Just I mean, Chavo just gets treated straight up like a punching bag. Uh, Norton just hits a powerbomb. It's a star and a half for me, only because I like the, the beating. Yeah. Uh, Hogan and Rodman backstage in a black and white promo. I, I would assume this is from the uh, night before. Um, uh, he says, this is the real hot rod. Uh, Rodman's past the initiation. And when he bonded with his bro- blood brother, the real hot rod, Sting was stung. So the first time we hear that. And uh, Rodman says, actually, I think he was bewildered. And Hogan's like, oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> and then uh, Rodman actually says, like, when I come back in July, it'll be uh, him and his good friend Hollywood. So, so they're they're already, they already know like, the tag matches. Yeah, yeah, so they're 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 ready. Uh, they kind of drop that as a nugget of things to come. Yeah, as soon as the finals are over, he'll be there. It's funny timing too that they get to call him the real hot rod and and take digs at Piper. It's just like worked out pretty well name wise. Yep. So that's kind of cool. But uh, outsiders come. Only hear that once tonight. Uh, outsiders come out with Enos, or outsiders come out for their tag title Mike match. Mike Enos. We, re- we realize it's uh, Mike Enos and uh, Buckhouse Buck. Uh, we get a PSA from Hall. You know us. We're the guys who say it and then do it. Uh, as uh, him and Nash then sing, "Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do?" Uh, yeah, Tony. Tony lets us over. Outsiders back tonight for the uh, main event versus Long Heat. Uh, Buck gets beat up, and uh, when he goes to tag in uh, Enos, he wants no part of it and begs away. A good fallaway slam by Hall. Uh, Big Mike does get some offense in on him, on Hall, especially including a near fall, which was a surprise. But Nash comes in, hits the snake eye, side suplex, big boot, and power bomb, and then uh, Hall gives Enos the outsider's edge, and that ends it. I actually thought this was a pretty fun match. This is one of the longer matches of the evening, which doesn't say much, but it's around four minutes. Um, and the offense that Enos gets, again, does look good. Um, these, these are two big guys. So it worked out. Yeah, no, I, I liked it too. Um, when's the last time we've seen Bunkhouse Buck? It's gonna be. Uh, yeah, it's probably been. A while. It's gonna be a while. I mean, I we haven't seen him in forever. Uh, I mean, Enos. You know, we used to see him with Slater as, as rough and ready, but I guess Buck's May Slater couldn't make it, so they called Buck in at the last minute. I guess, but um, yeah, this is fine. It's kind of a little Haas match. Hall hoisting up Enos for the uh, outsider edge was pretty impressive power. Oh. Smash. It's been a while, right? Well, have we ever seen him? Let me look at this. We may have never seen Bunkhouse. Yeah, I don't know if we have on Nitro. Yeah, that is shocking. 
Maybe we saw him at the clash with the wedding. That well, I know he's at freaking Fall Brawl '95 in that terrible match <laughs> when he came in with Slater, which right. is awful. Uh, yeah, I don't but, think we've seen him on Nitro. I, I don't. Wow. I think he's ever been on. This might be yeah. his only. Is this his only match? I don't because he can't be around much longer. This oh, might be it. I'll look at that. He so he was uh, well. Of course, he's also in the uh, World War Three. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, not everyone's in that fucking thing. Um, but I thought the Outsiders Edge looked great uh, on, on Enos. That was really impressive. And so was the Jackknife on Buck. Honestly, both both look great. Um, just an, another nothing match, but this was one of the more fun, like you said, of the night. So I went two stars as well. Uh, but I'm a sucker for the the big boys slapping each other around. So yeah, I mean, been working some uh, Saturday night duty, some pro. But yeah, this 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 will be our farewell for old bunkhouse. Yeah, Club. one and only mm-hmm. Nitro match. One, one and done here. Well, uh, we'll see him at World War Three, but uh, no, as far as Nitro goes. Oh, not was even, even in this then. upcoming World yeah. Three. Oh, no, right. All right. he was in. Uh, he was in '96, but it looks <clears throat> he must have got released, right? Because he's doing uh, cage match has. Stuff in Tennessee, IWA Mid South. I bet they called him in. He must have came in last minute. I bet Slater couldn't work or something. They just called him up and said you want to do it. Well, I mean, he was teaming with Enos on Saturday night. Oh, all right. So maybe so May Slater's gone. Yeah, he had a couple. He's had uh, like five or six tags with Enos on Saturday night. He's going to bring Wayne Bloom back to team with Enos and make it easy. Yeah. Uh, that, that's shocking though. I, w- I would have definitely have said like in late '95. Late '95, yeah, yeah. uh, we saw them on '95. Say it one only for Bunkhouse Buck. That's, that's, that's a pretty good trivia uh, question. How many, how many, how many editions of Nitro did Bunkhouse Buck appear on? <laughs> uh, clip of the Piper promo from Uncensored where he blames where he's asking where Flair and uh, Arn are. Uh, Benoit versus Kidman, another infuriating match. 30 seconds. Benoit kicks, stops, and wins with the crossface. Only thing of notes here is he started using the crossface now. And yeah. Tony and Tony flat out is calling him the best wrestler in the world. Um, yeah. Otherwise, and they call it, today calls it the Crippler crossface. So even yeah. the name is As This is new move. Yeah. <laughs> a quarter of a star. This is embarrassment. Well, I don't, again, I don't, just have just do the promo. Why is he even wrestling for 30 yeah. seconds? It makes no sense. Yeah, no need for the match. Uh, so so the, uh, G goes to do the promo with him, and out comes Ric Flair. Uh, you know, this <laughs> I, I bagged on Luger. Flair had the same problem here, where he's not back in the ring again for another couple months, so he's basically being like Playboy Rick, and he's all over the place. Uh, Benoit says that uh, he believes Arn when he'll be back. He's never done anything he didn't mean. Sullivan, he is a man I, of fear and uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, Sullivan, I've taken away everything that means anything to you. <laughs> time in everyone's life where you have to evaluate where you are and you haven't done it. Uh, so, so there we go. More. Yeah, more he says stuff. he's even repelling his own son. Yeah. Uh, Flair comes in now. He says, somewhere in the confusion of the party in Savannah, somebody said, Nature Boy, Piper's calling you out. He wanted to know where he was. Hot Rod, I was in Savannah with all the girls. You in turn were given the power to walk the aisle with the elite fighting machine in the sport, the horseman. Uh, they say that the story goes is that Hot Rod dropped the ball 
Well, uh, I like how he acts like he didn't watch. He's I like, mean, they're yeah, telling I mean, me he, you dropped the ball. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even watch the uh, fucking show. Well, I mean, he, he says he was partying with the girls in Savannah. So I, I guess. Ringing endorsement for TW. Wasn't that <laughs> the biggest high. star of the business didn't even he, watch the fucking show. He's catching the replay tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> My friends tell me you dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, uh, Flair says he can't go home because we're horsemen. Double A goes down for the knife. He will say, bring me a Miller Lite when I wake up. You got two choices in life. You can go home to your wife and baby or be a horseman <laughs> and dance all night. So, yeah. This, I mean, I mean what it was. <laughs> in retrospect, this may be the end. And when you add up everything in this promo, maybe the saddest fucking promo in wrestling. Like, it's Benoit... <laughs> Like talking about, you know, when you conquer your, when a man conquers himself, he's all powerful. Talks about alienating your son, you know, obviously with what happens a decade later, right? Um, Flair not even watching the pay per view and talks about how drinking and partying is more important than being with your family and your kids. Like, I mean, the whole thing is like real pressure. Piper for wanting to go be with his family. He yeah, I mean, he's, he's basically saying he's a fucking loser, right? It's like you want to, you know, real man just to go to the family. Like, you know, <laughs> you used to be the fastest gun in the sport. You walked out. I should have let you go. You know, real man don't go home. Arn, well, Arn won't even ask Flair to watch after his wife and kids. Yeah. So he's going to wake up and ask for a beer. Yeah, yeah, going down for the knife and coming out wanting a brewski. Yeah, yeah, I, it's just I thought it was actually a, a pretty depressing <laughs> promo, all in. But you, with hindsight, it's extremely yeah. depressing. Yeah. It just it sums up Flair and, and in many ways Benoit um, in like five minutes. <coughs> yeah, this is, this was this was a rough one for Flair. <coughs> yeah, um, they tried Michael Buffer. Alfred, this main event here of all people of all all nights. Uh, so he announces probably in town for instance, and they probably said stick around. I guess, but don't he get a per appearance fee? I don't think it was worth it for for this. Uh, uh, another pretty quick match. Uh, some good power stuff for the few minutes at last. Uh, gold trunks for Harlem Heat here. Uh, impressive power slam by uh, Scott Steiner to Booker T. Uh, Bobby says, <laughs> funny moment, this was a funny moment on commentary, where Bobby says, I was always the one that said you could trust Sting. <laughs> you know, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the biggest, uh, diff- <laughs> oh, he's definitely a WO. Um, so yeah, some good power moves are going back and forth. And then the NWO comes in for the DQ uh, to end it. Uh, as you talked about, we got to be monitoring that now. Um, mm-hmm. we should be anticipating uh non clean finishes and, and Hogan's moments. involved in this attack, which is uh, I'll mention this. This was, you know, when I say this was a run in, this was a run in, and I don't they know, sprints. If we'll, I don't know if we'll ever see Hogan and Nash move as quick as they do here, but both this, are- the timing was so off on the show with, with all these rushed matches, and yeah, them they fly down they the aisle, so they were running at tight on time, yeah. I could not believe how fast Hogan was moving down there. Yeah. Um, they must have yeah. been telling him, like, you're out of time. You're going to go. So <laughs> stinking him down. Start three quarters for this. Man. Yeah, I want to start a half. And and the in the attack, the outside is really targeting Rick's ear, you know, keeping that going yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 So uh, <laughs> the entire game kind of beats up everyone. Hall and Nash go after their drummer, Rick, as you were talking about. We want Sting Chance uh, light up the arena. Luger and Giant come down to hell. They come to clear the uh, ring of the NWO. NWO begins to retreat toward the entrance. Tony's yelling, WCW's back on top. 
all of a sudden we get kind of the burst of pyro in the ceiling and sting repels down into the ring to a huge pop um it's again in retrospect but it's shocking seeing what sting's repelling down with with his equipment like when he flicks that off you can see the hook and it's like good lord man um it's just it's just it's crazy but i mean it looks awesome it does look awesome because he comes out of nowhere well i feel like later they did more of a harness but i don't know yeah here yeah this looks extremely dangerous the way he does this i mean he unhooks in like two seconds if that um so a huge pop for sting hogan looks terrified sting points the bat at hogan as they retreat and hogan is like this this one's funny hogan's like he's pointing the bat at me and tony's like yeah you're damn right he is and uh buffs telling hogan don't worry about it and uh, (laughs) hogan's screaming he's pointing it to me as uh we go off the air we're out of time so good ending yeah, good ending. Um, Harlem Heat gets to kind of look tough too. They're standing in it with Luger and Giant fighting him run off. So that good good moment for them. I mentioned earlier Luger coming off the big win. I, I meant the, the great showing. Um, obviously earlier, not the win, but um I, I think the Steiners being back full time adds a lot of zip to the tag division. The crowd loves them and they, they feel like a true main event level tag team, so that's good. But yeah, this this whole show it felt very oddly set up, very rushed. Um, there wasn't a lot of flow to it. It was a very weird. Uh, night coming off the pay per view. Start half of the match, and the attack was fine. I, I think the show itself was just a punt. Yeah, like, like it's it's a it's a reboot. The, they're, they're rebooting well, after the show the itself actually shows a transition and how they've been because we talked about like when they first started, their main premise was like all the stars will be on our show right. or Raw. Um, and all this, and now it's like now that they have stability and the ratings war uh, at the time being, I, I do think they went more like long term and projecting out. Like, here's yeah. what we want to do three months, six months down the road. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily like bad to think long term. And I don't actually don't even think it's it's necessarily awful to have some episodes of your 52 weeks a year tv show to be kind of lame ducks um but but i mean that's certainly what this one was this one was like hey we're gonna set up a couple things for the pay-per-view we have in a couple weeks but a lot of the stuff we're leaning towards is way down the road so they yeah be curious how they feel some of this stuff i mean like you said they get a lot of time yeah all right so our awards quick here uh match of the night i went mysterio psychosis Yep. Yep. Uh, moment I went with the end with Team WCW kind of coming together yep. and staying coming down. Uh, MVP, I went Luger and Giant. I really like the squash. I know Luger's promo was shaky. They looked good at the end. Giant had a great promo. So they kind of stood out for me on the night. I guess runner up would probably be Savage and DDP. They were great too. Yeah. Is this, um, <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I think I'm actually going Hogan because I think yeah, Hogan showing fear is a good thing here and he kind of had a pretty wide range of emotions between the gloating and the promo with rodman showing fear to all that i i think that worked well and he didn't he didn't like overindulge himself i think that's one good thing about this show is yeah yeah. you know in other lame duck periods hogan 
like last last spring. He way overindulged himself, and it was unbearable. Here, he was only he kind of didn't have time. Honestly, year. he didn't really have time for it. He got in, he got out. That was good though. He could have. Uh, I mean, he could have. You know, it's it's him, right. so he could have chew on himself in that yeah. promo. Yeah. Uh, debuts, we had Duckles Nelson and Tarantula. <laughs> yeah. uh, Road Report was Duluth. I guess no Buck drop- Buck. Not, not, it's not really a debut. But oh, yeah, yeah, I'll put him. I'll put, well, no, we've seen him before. It was so. pay-per-view, yeah. Uh, Road Report, Duluth. Um, I don't think we had any dropped angles or anything yet. We may have a couple of tracking. I went 6 out of 10. I mean, it's still an entertaining episode. Still chugged along. We had some story stuff, but definitely not one of the better Nitros. And it's one that they hyped up a lot with the St. Patrick's Day and that stuff. So it was kind of disappointing. Yeah, I think they were more going for a theme vibe, like I've talked about. I went five and a half. I, you know, I, I thought I thought the uh, stuff with Page and Savage, and then the final angle was enough to put it above average slightly. But I mean, the matches are real bad. Like I'm obviously like a match guy, probably first, and you had not much to chew on at all here, so that was disappointing for sure. All right, set across the dial to Raw is War. March 17th, we are in Syracuse at the on. I'm going to try and get this right. Ready? The on on Daga War Memorial. On on Daga War Memorial. Uh, someone could correct me there, but I think that's close. Uh, opening animation, and we have a very rowdy crowd in Syracuse. The new set, of course. Got the pyro. Everything feels fresh still. Just a couple weeks into this new look. And we start hot with a match as the Legion of Doom takes on Crush. And Salvio Vega, monster pop for LOD. Vince is fired up to see them. JR and the King are with us as well. The Nation is out in full, except for Farouk for this tag match. Vince says Farouk and Ahmed have been banned tonight, and they hype up the big six-man this Sunday at WrestleMania. Uh, LOD meet Salvio and Crush in the aisle. They brawl on the floor. Uh, back in the ring, we have no organization, just a fist fight. The crowd is cheering on LOD. Crush takes over on Animal. Salvio works over Hawk on the floor. Animal turns the tie of the shoulder block. Ahmed is backstage. He promises things will be worse in Chicago. The nation regroups on the floor as we settle down. Vince says at Madison Square Garden last night, the nation beat down Ahmed after a match with Savio. Farouk now comes in from backstage. Savio gets a pile driver on Hawk as Farouk says MSG was just a start. The nation is unified. Legion of Doom doesn't matter, and he'll speak Abonic, so Ahmed will understand what he's saying. Animal cranks away at Savio, tags in Hawk. We get that MSG footage. Crush was there, uh, comes in as well. We trade off some strikes. Hawk gets a drop kick. We go to break. We get the cool borders slam of the week, which is Undertaker choke slam on Sid and plancha into Mankind Invader from a week ago. When we come back, Savio is in control of Hawk. Crush gets two on a power slam. Ahmed is still watching, but Farouk attacks him with a pipe. And he says, who's watching your back, stupid? Uh, basically, as everyone's, all his buddies are in the ring. Animal gets the tag. He cleans out Savio and Crush to a pop. Hawk and Crush battle on the floor. LOD set up the Doomsday device, but Farouk comes in, and we get a disqualification. Ahmed is out as well with the 2 by 4 They hit a Pearl River plunge on JC Ice, and LOD crushed one of the uh, nation suits with the Doomsday device. Yeah, it was D'Lo. Oh, so yeah, D'Lo takes it. Uh, nine, but yeah. Right. Uh, what, about what do you expect? I mean, it's a fight. Uh, I thought the first section was hot before they settled down. I liked it when it was just a fist fight. I kind of wish they just ended with just kept it there. Um, the end was good, too. I like the brawl and the hype for Mania. This is a good way to start the show. Right out of the gate, we're hyping the third top top from the third match for Mania. We're getting it all out of the way here and, and big-time hype for the night. So I like that they did it that way. Um, the Doomsday device is awesome as well on D'Lo. He took it well. 
uh, maybe a little long, but LOD has really, what the Steiners have added to WCW's tag division, LOD has added to the WS tag division. They badly needed an infusion of like a hot top level team to really bring the energy and challenge Bulldog and Owen Hart um, to like at a higher level. So I think this is a really big addition for WF. It's a sneaky one in this era. I went two and a quarter. I think it was a good way to start the show and hype, hype mania. Yeah, two stars. Um, I, I, you know, it's crushed, so it's actually overperformed probably from what I anticipated. Um, I, I don't remember LOD being this over, like this sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll see if that peters out. I think it's, I think it's but, no, uh, I think it's a sneaky while, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall like them in August, but maybe. Um, yeah, no, I but, think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the brawl itself I thought was good. The the back half after the commercial sputtered a little bit. Uh, Ahmed continues to uh, have some <laughs> outrageous fashion choices uh, with his jacket. He was he was uh, this was like the live wire jacket he wore. <laughs> yes, it may have been the same one. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, that, we'll get through it with this show. Like I, I like this show. I think. I think the build to this WrestleMania is unlike any other, like ever, where there's some stuff that is built well, like this match, and some other stuff that's very haphazard. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it, it it of course historically it seems crazy that like uncensored is gonna have a better buy rate than WrestleMania, <laughs> right? Uh, but and and then we talked about it, the build to that show too was haphazard, but but I do think it makes sense. Uh, from the WrestleMania standpoint and just how they built to um, where I've talked about earlier, like lame duck and stuff. I mean, in some ways they kind of sacrificed to build the mania to what they were building on the TV program. And the, the long term, I, mean, I think they did it to say, I think it was an admission that they were not doing the right stuff. And they said, fuck it. And we don't care if it's two weeks before we're going to reshuffle and reset. And some you know, stuff, in a way yeah. I think it was, it was finally kind of the right move. They kind of reacted. Um, you know, instead of instead of just sitting back and saying, "Oh, we'll fix it later." Yeah, kind of yeah. I think for some stuff as well as the edge, but there's still we'll get to it. This this match isn't one of them, though. I mean, this this match with the street fight has uh, been built well, and um, feels like we'll get some resolution finally with Ahmed versus Farouk and Ahmed having back up with the uh, Legion of Doom. Yeah, I want to say that they're pretty over till like January, but we'll see if that holds. Of ninety eight, uh, yeah. We get a Slammy's ad uh, this Friday at 11 p.m. on USA. You can vote now. Vince King and JR reset us. They address some of the locker room chatter. Uh, Vince, very casual tonight. He's got a red turtleneck and a windbreaker kind of jacket on. So he's uh, maybe uh, prepping for some kind of action, perhaps. Ross says, uh, Gorilla Monsoon was in East Rutherford earlier with his rumors about tonight's cage match. And Gorilla is being flown to Syracuse as we speak. Vince says the rumors that the cage match may no longer be for the world title. King says he heard a rumor that Shawn Michaels is on his way to the arena, and Vince confirms he heard that as well, and also verifies Steve Austin's here. So I like that they're trying to like do some st- show long storytelling here and kind of keep you on edge. RK is a title match. Gorilla's coming in. What's going to happen? Why would the title not be on the line suddenly? So they're trying to add some intrigue. Um, I don't know if there was a house show in East Rutherford because I know they were in MSG, or was this like? Were they starting the press conference stuff with uh, uh Todd, Todd Whitman? No, no, they they show that. Oh, that's they, right, that's right. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they uh, it was when they lifted and she tossed about like we're bringing right, right. wrestling okay. back. Yeah. Yep, so that's why he's that's right. 
Um, I forgot that was this one. All right. Uh, anything on that? The no, and I mean, I think uh, for this Raw itself, there's intrigue in if there'll be a title change. Um, uh, I, I I actually have mixed emotions on all that. I like the way it's done in the end. Uh, it, to me, it's actually better in execution than in premise. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think... I do think it's just from my mindset, it is a little bit cluttered to think that like a week out from WrestleMania, you don't really know what the WrestleMania title match would be, even though you have the two matches. Um, So I think that's a problem. Um, I don't know. I don't know the show overall, because when we get to the ratings, like it didn't make a huge difference either. Mm -hmm. And this is one they really hyped. So it's an odd it's like, uh, I don't know. Is this an aberration or what? Because right. I, I think this is an easy raw in retrospect to point to a moment in the end where it's like, oh, this, oh yeah, it's super you know, Do you want to say like this is where the Attitude Era really started? Because you have the set, you have the, mm-hmm. you know, the language, you have the, like the. Yeah, I, I think you could argue this this episode kicks it off like yeah. officially. So, so, so that, that is a kind of easy pinpoint, like looking back at things, but in the moment itself, I I do feel like it, like as of the time, it's, it's a little too convoluted. So that's what I mean. All right. Back to the ring. We go flash funk is here to take on Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hunter has his bodyguard with him now officially named finally China. Yeah. We see clips of China's chaos events since her arrival flash dances out. Uh, Ross teases a live performance by the Funkettes as part of the Miss Salami talent competition on Friday. King says Owen Hart will be there, even though he's not nominated this year. China steps to Flash while Hunter talks shit. Flash starts hot, clears Hunter from the ring. JR says that Flash Funk will take on Billy Gunn on the free-for-all Sunday. Hunter clotheslines Flash on the floor. Flash fires back. Hunter counters a leaf fog with an electric chair. He barely gets that off. Hunter gets to work, grinds away, goes for covers. Vince hypes... uh, La Femme Nikita with the red hot Peter Wilson coming up. Flash comes back with a backdrop. Vince talks about the rumors swirling around the main event. JR says Gorilla's 10 minutes out. Vince says it's a controversial uh, going on because there's never been a world title match this close to WrestleMania. Funk hits the top rope leg drop. He gets tied up with China. Hunter gets a back suplex. Hunter goes up top. Funk kicks away on the way down for two. Flash gets a back suplex, heads up top. China ties him up again, and Hunter finishes with the pedigree. China and Hunter kick Flash around after the bell. Oh, that's fine. I think it's better than most Hunter stuff. I guess he is usually didn't get much offense, and Funk is good on offense, so that worked. Uh, China's the equalizer. Flash seems a little more motivated lately, so maybe he's, they're kind of renewing his push a little bit here over the last couple of weeks. Seems like he's getting a little more time. Uh, so I'm two and a half. I, I think this is fine. One, two and a quarter. I, I think Flash is kind of dead. Um he still gets somewhat of his entrance, but it's it's cut down a little bit. He he feels like, you know, he's kind of in the previous era instead of what they're going towards. So he needs some sort of reboot or or some edge pretty quickly. Um, Hunter himself's interesting. I'm 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 uh, looking forward to him uh, leaving this angle with uh, Goldust, as I've talked mm-hmm. about. I I don't find it to have much intrigue either uh the heat's more on marlena versus china um really the most significant thing going on with hunter is you know the addition of china 
Um, so so that that can only carry him for so many weeks that now he's got this bodyguard that's yeah. uh, a new equalizer. Um, so so I'm I'm ready to see him kind of move forward from that <clears throat> after Mania. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know what he gets into, but I think him this is one of the the him him versus I don't Goldust think it ends. Really I don't think it ends a Mania. I'll yeah, no, and I'm down. Too. I'm I'm down on them. Um, yeah. So. Well, we've been down on Goldust for a while. I mean, honestly, since King of the Ring, '96. Yeah, I don't. We've, I don't think Hunter's there. done very good either. I thought he mm-hmm. showed some glimpses in the early portion of the fall, um, yeah. kind of yeah. when he quote unquote got out of the doghouse with the stuff with Austin, and then the early onset of the Marrow feud. But that drug on for so long. Now he's with Goldust that it really feels like it's been like six months since I've felt invigorated by anything with him. And even with the China stuff, it's it, you know she's good and and domineering, um, but um, it's just nothing really to s- stick your teeth into as far as a feud itself so far. Yeah. Yep, the highlight of that feud was Hunter with that great punch on the outside to Mera. <laughs> that raw. It's the best part. All, All right, right, to the ring we go. We got some Mexican mini action as Mini oh, Vader boy. and Mini Mankind take on Mini Goldust and Mascarita Sagrada. Vince says they've confirmed that Sean is here. Uh, we get footage, like you just mentioned a second ago, from the press conference in New Jersey, the death of a tax bill that allows the War Zone and SummerSlam to appear in New Jersey, thanks to uh, the one, the person that only wrestling fans probably remember is Christine Todd Whitman. That name probably means a lot to all wrestling yeah. fans and nobody else. Um, but there you go. So WF is back in Jersey, and SummerSlam will be in the Meadowlands this year. Uh, Undertaker and other officials were on hand for that. Mini Goldust is a is a big boy. Uh, he's a hoss. Definitely a tall. Yeah, guy he's uh. Let me look him up because he's one. <laughs> you know they have these uh, mini matches sometimes in Mexico where Phil Schneider used to say it's uh, a match where you get to become a real boy. Mm-hmm. Where actually, like the stipulation is, if you win, you're no longer in the mini division. Uh, a great wrestler, Virus, actually started out as a mini, and he won one of those matches, and he got promoted <laughs> up. So, so gold, mini Goldust may be in that situation. I'll look him up. Yeah, big dude. Uh, Vince hypes next week's Warzone is going to Rockford, Illinois. Uh, Vince is trying hard with the branding. Raw's War, Warzone, Raw's War, Warzone. He's saying it constantly. Goldust and Vader start things off. Goldust has all the mannerisms down. Vader's pretty stiff. King works in some short jokes as usual. Uh, we get Masquerita coming in. He flies around. Vader beats Masquerita down. Ross hypes up the hotline. Option six says they have a major star that had to have an FAA strip search. And King, of course, hopes that was Sonny. Masquerita gets a victory roll on Mankind to pick up the win. He shoves Mini Vader off the stage and then flies into it with a plancha, which looked great. They replay that. Uh, usual mini shtick. It's always fun. The crowd is into it. Fine little showcase. So try to mix things up, right? We're throwing things at the wall. Try to try to throw things out there. And we talked about trivia earlier. Here's another one. I think these are the first guys to use the stage uh, for anything on Raw, um, any kind of bump or, or fight. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I went two stars. I like the, the little bump at the end. It was cool. Yeah, star and a half. I wasn't too crazy about this. Uh, this is Masquerita Sagrada Jr., who's a definite right. downgrade from the other uh, Masqueritas. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mini Vader is uh, Expectrito, um, who, um, you know, probably, in my mind, the, the best of that. Mini Goldust was Mini Abismo Negro. And then uh, 
uh, Many Mankind is Expert Trito number two. Uh, so, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, this this kind of felt like a throw a wall, see what sticks match, like you said. Um, you know, a little bit of a shortcake showcase, probably better than some of the other Triple A Lucha we've seen. Um, but but it also felt like it's. I mean, I, I don't know. Like they they just don't do nothing to really showcase these guys. Like. Like, at yeah. least on WCW, you have Tanae out there giving a little bit of tidbits. On yeah, some they still have anyone to do it. I, I don't know. Maybe Kevin. Like, the good they're, Kevin. They're so cold, and, and you just – and and the, it doesn't help that they kind of shoehorn a bunch of other stuff. Like, they're showing the stuff from New Jersey. They're bringing up all this yeah, other yeah. stuff. So, it's just like, hey, while we talk about this important stuff, we're just going to put this on in the background. Um, yeah, it's, it's They're just trying some variety shit to mix it up, I guess. Yeah. But, um. <clears throat> yeah, is what it is. All right, WrestleMania 13 ad. Gorilla's backstage because he has no intention of being here tonight, but he has so much work to do. Uh, but he had made this cage match for the WF title to give Brett the chance he believes he deserves. Brett's been unhappy. He's been complaining. And Undertaker's not happy, but the timing stinks. And the tit- title match remains for tonight. Vince says it's nice to have a title match on Raw. Gorilla's been barraged by Taker fans, saying it's unfair. Gorilla says Bret Hart has come up short a lot. Vincent King says Brett influences Gorilla a lot, and he whines whenever he can, and Gorilla stands, stands by his decision. So a very stern Gorilla here. He's got a lot of work to do. He already works around the clock. A lot going on, and he's dragged here to Raw um, because of this bullshit. But Brett will still get his title match tonight. Yeah, it was fine. Okay. We get an ad for Full Metal, the album. Kevin Kelly's in the ring. He brings out Bret Hart, talks about this being an unprecedented situation on the doorstep of WrestleMania. Uh, a title match he lobbied hard for tonight. Brett says he'll change the face of WrestleMania. He appreciates Gorilla Monsoon giving it a closer look and couldn't care less what people think. He won the Royal Rumble. He won Final Four. He's a four-time champion. He deserves respect. A lot of boos here for Brett. Vince hints at the boos. Brett says Undertaker isn't thrilled, but there's a new motto. You scratch my back and I'll stab yours. And while Taker may not be thrilled, after he wins tonight, he'll give him the shot that he deserves after he gets in line with the rest of them. He's going to change WrestleMania. He'll step in the ring with the hyena, Steve Austin, and he'll get the worst thrashing of his life. He'll scream, I give. He respects Ken Shamrock. He hopes he calls it down the middle, and he'll get nice and close so he can hear Austin say, I quit. He'll be champion for a long time, a nice, long, healthy run, uh, and that'll be it after WrestleMania. A lot of crowd disapproval for Brett as he talked out Austin. Uh, but this is a good, I think it's a good promo. The winds of change are hitting. Brett's admitting it that, hey, what well, you know what? I tried to come back and be the old old uh, white hat gunslinger. Everyone rejected me. Everyone screwed me over. Now I'm just going to take shit into my own hands and only look out for myself. So he's, he's looking at screw up mania. He wants to be world champion. And sorry, Undertaker. That's how it's going to be. So it's pretty good. And they're teasing. And I think it's a realistic tease. I mean, I remember watching this live thinking it seemed well within the realm of possibilities that Bret Hart could win the title tonight. And make Austin Brett the main event of Mania for the world title. Like, I don't think that was that crazy to, to think that way. Um, and just do Undertaker said non title. So, uh, unlikely, but I think it was at least possible. Yeah. Yeah. I like the promo. I think the promo is very good because, um, you know, it, 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 uh, kind of shows that Brett was really coming into his own on his character around here where he gets the desired reaction they were hoping for with booze. Uh, but he does it in a way where what he says is all true. Mm-hmm. Um, just he comes off as whiny. Um, so so he he uh, gathers the right 
uh, he uh, has, and, and this this is why I think like Bret Hart ninety seven so great is he 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 really toes the line between he's he's authentic in himself, but he he still comes across as like whiny and uh, somewhat like unworthy to the fans' prism. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very tough thing to balance. Um, yeah, you, you know, even even as you get it, and I think it's I think it's uh, something you don't see that's even as nuanced now because because even like in current day i think uh, drew mcintyre's doing a great job of some of that where you know he's he's spouting the truth and still as a heel um so that's working but um you know he's doing it more as like not not on the whiny side uh it's 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 a very nuanced uh character with a lot of layers um and works well yeah, I mean, you nailed it. He's he's hitting that perfect middle zone of being truthful and honest, but being a bitchy whiner, <clears throat> and everyone's sick of him. Um, he's embracing it, so we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, uh, we get an ad that I did not remember. I remember a lot from this era, very very vividly. I did not remember this merchandise ad. It's a skit of a marketing meeting at Titan Tower, uh, and it's just like kind of played as goof. So Jim Ross wants to sell some black hats. Uh, Fink wants to sell a VHS of my greatest ring announcements. Vince wants to sell a horsehair toupee and headset all in one. It leads to uh, George and Adam, your friends, shilling yeah, the WrestleMania 13 hockey jersey, which Adam says is the daddy. I guess that's the saying then. I don't know. Something's the daddy. Uh, and denim jacket. Both are $69.99. Again, they're trying different stuff. I'm sure they brought in some new ad agency or some shit that came up with this idea. Um, Vince trying to show that he's funny and topical and vulnerable, uh, even though it comes off kind of lame. So, I mean, it's whatever, but... Again, they're at least trying different shit. So, wow, well, I mean, this was stupid. I, I was just happy to not see George and Adam at the Rosemont. They learned the lesson. Uh, Rocky Maivia comes down the aisle. He's going to join the commentary team uh, for this next match. Vince gives a very hearty handshake, which is uh, <laughs> funny given today, these days. Uh, yeah. Rock and his stance against Vince. Um, that brings us to our match as the Sultan, our WrestleMania. Very unlikely WrestleMania Intercontinental title contender takes on Mike Bell. Uh, Sultan ambles out. He's got Iron Sheik and Backland. Uh, Vince confirms that both Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin are here. Sultan attacks. He makes quick work of Bell. Rocky gives some basic talk about being ready for Sultan. Sultan is a nice pile driver, gets a top rope splash, finishes with the camel clutch. He stares down at Rocky at ringside as Sheik is ranting. Uh, Rocky says they can fight now, but Tony Atlas comes out of the crowd. He calms down Rocky and keeps them apart. Uh, I, I, there's still some great squash work hidden in those stupid pants of the Sultan. I'll say that. <laughs> Fatu is always a great squash work with the head shrinkers. Uh, so there's a little bit of that comes out here with the, the pile drive was good. The splash was good. So that's fine. They try to add heat to this. There's no heat to it at all. Rocky's no. um, he's better than Prince Ayukea, but he's still a little milk toast as an icy champ. Uh, there's really nothing behind this. Sultan is, is as random as it gets off the bench. I don't yeah. know who else it could have been, but um, they, they just haven't done anything to make you think he's got a shot. I know maybe they had Mero planned or whatever, so they kind of had a backtrack last minute. So, maybe, but there had to be a better way to approach this uh, with someone. So, is what it is. One star. One half a star. I didn't, I didn't care much for this. Uh, this is kind of go back to your squash, Sultan. Yeah, I mean this, this this feud sucks. Like, there's no rhyme or reason why you should care about any of this. And uh, as we talked about, Rocky was doing fine. So he got saddled with this, and uh, we'll see if it continues. But, but uh, this is this is really when Rocky starts to suffer. 
Um, you know, Sultan going to the outside. I thought he was going to unveil a big family tree as to why he was challenging Rocky, but uh, to no avail. But yeah, I mean, this is just I don't I don't know. This this is lame. I mean, this is a lame feud. So not, it's the original not battle for the head of the table for sure. Yeah, all right. With I mean, Sultan. if they didn't need Vader Mankind in that tag title match, you could have put one of them against Rocky, maybe. Um, I don't. It made us do Furnace in the Font again at Mania and do Vader or Mankind here against Rocky. I, I don't know. I don't know what else I could have done. I'm trying to ha- having a hard time thinking of another heel singles guy that was floating around. Yeah, it's a weird thing where like I almost, you know, I kind of want to uh, like uh, clamor for my boy Justin Hall Bradshaw, but now that they've saddled him with right, Wendell, uh and then. Like Billy Gunn, I don't think you could put him there. Um, Snow is baked. I mean, he's he's not going to go with Cassidy again. But but I mean, that's it's it's a problem. This is where Flash Funk turning heel would have been a very good option. Yeah, they could have done that. I mean, it's then it's kind of get to get through the show because like Bulldog and Owen are viable options. They're just kind of stuck in this tag title match here um mankind and vader are both viable options they're kind of stuck in their thing so there's like choices out there even the nation guys you could have done one of them but they're all tied up so they have dudes that is all tied up in different shit heading into mania and then marrow's injury really kind of stuck them at the last minute um so it's stupid but i I, yeah i think flash funk as a heel probably would have been the best option yeah are we gonna or even i don't know is anyone ecw could have brought in for like a spectacle match like Sabu or Dreamer or yeah, Raven, like, they, yeah, but they they're not going to RVD. Job. RVD's not going to RVD or Lance, even like Lance Storm. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have done Sabu and make it a spectacle, and it's just a double DQ or count I out. Don't and do like, Sabu two weeks before barely legal. Yeah, all right. Who else? Who else? I got. I mean, I would I would think it would RVD is probably like your best case scenario. Be below that would be like your Lance Storms or you know Candido, some, yeah, somebody in that level. He's not. Is he around yet? I don't think. Yeah, so. I think he's there. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, yeah, maybe one of the Olympus Saturn or something. I mean, there had to be someone they could have maybe pulled up at the last second, throwing him in there. I don't yeah. know. I mean, RVD is probably actually your best case, but that would have been fun. And then maybe it's just like a DQ. Maybe the ECW guys come out and it's like a brawl or something. Get it? Yeah, loaded off there. Um, all right, Vince is in the ring. He brings out Shawn Michaels. I uh, got a pretty good pop. King hopes he's here to retire, uh, but Shawn's all smiles and Vince is upbeat about it. Shawn says the fan reaction helps him find that smile he was looking for. He found it back in San Antonio where he left it, but he's bringing it with him now wherever he goes. He wants to thank the fans for all the cards and the well wishes for being patient. He's the most world's most emotional wrestler. Nobody knows more than him how hard and difficult he is to deal with, and Vince knows it too, which of course Vince giggles about. Sean says some cards went to his parents' address, and they all meant a great deal to him. He needed to know the people who gave a damn. We see a diehard Sean fan, a snapping picks in tears. Uh, Vince asks for a prognosis. We get a Bill Clinton knee injury joke, but Sean says his knee is coming along. Next week, he's going to see Dr. Andrews, and he'll get an update, and hopefully in a couple months, he'll be back. The time off has done wonders for him, but he'll put it back. Uh, he'll be back at it, and when he returns, the clothes are going to come back off too. Sean has a bone to pick with Vince. Vince kind of rolls his eyes and smirks. Sean says, after all these years, he noticed WrestleMania is around the corner, but he's sitting at home and has no invitation. Sean can't see why Vince would have WrestleMania without inviting him. And Vince says, Sean is injured. Sean says, hey, I can walk and I'm inviting myself. I'm coming to Mania and I'm going to sit right next to you, Vinnie Mac, and I'm going to make sure you call the world title match 
right down the middle. He also got no Slammy's invitation, even though he's nominated. He's building a brand new house in San Antonio, and he's got a lot of space to fill, and needs more awards. So he'll be there as well. So basically, this is Sean just announcing he's back. He's going to be at Mania. You got to have him at Mania one way or the other. They kind of hand wave away the knee surgery shit. He explained a little bit of it. Um, but it's, this is obviously, it's kind of where Flair is like at, this, at this point, right? He's basically saying, I'm on my way back. I'm going to be evolved for a little bit, and then I'll be in the ring soon. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's a, a decent comp. I think the, the, the main, I mean, as stupid as it was for Flair to say he's not attending the show or didn't even watch the show, <laughs> at least he's not like shoehorning himself in as a major kind of factor, which I mean, with Sean, it's, it is what it is, but it did feel like it was like, all right, dude, like you, you know, a month ago, you lost your smile. You went away. Right. Just like buzz off for a minute. Like saying he's going to see Andrews. It was like, all right, like, like this is, this is where like he's, <laughs> this, this is why, I mean, this, this part of this is why I'm a Brett guy. Cause it's like Brett's playing a character and he's getting that. Like right. I'm authentic, but I'm not whining <clears throat> down to T and Sean, I think actually, does kind of believe most of this jump, but it just it it feels so inauthentic, and it's just like no, I don't, you know, whatever. Like like you know, stuff with Andrews, it's like it's been a month. Like you should know what your yeah. diagnosis is. Like if you need surgery, it should have already happened. Like I, I don't I don't know why we're still in limbo over that. So yeah, I, yeah, I get why they wanted a bit mania, right? They're trying to juice this mania with as many names as possible. So yeah, um, I, I I just think like they're very. It, it's it's just kind of crazy how well I mean it's very CM Punk but it's 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 crazy how forgiving they are to him where like you know he ruined all these mania plans yeah and and they he he wanted to go home and then you know I guess now he wants to come back and they're like oh yeah sure come on in and it's Vince's guy he's always gonna bend it's just crazy like like uh, but why not have some assertion here like what yeah, does he they need all hands on deck I think what they're just like we don't give though? a shit he doesn't add nothing to this no it's just another threat right. of him so, doing so tell him to I mean that's that's the whole this this to me is the this again you see this with CM Punk now like it was like well like you know what did what did he add when he came back? Like he didn't. So mm-hmm. like like ratings approved he didn't. With Sean for this run until we get to like the build to SummerSlam, it's proven he doesn't really add much. So go away. Like like you know, do your rehab, get yourself straight, then come back and do whatever you want. Um yeah. at- we'll see if he sticks around at all after Mania. That's the question. Do they really bring him back just to get another body at Mania? With a name value. We'll see. Uh, Undertaker throws down some cage walls backstage. Uh, To the ring we go. Vader takes on British Bulldog to set up WrestleMania's tag match. Uh, Mankind and Paul Bearer out with Vader. Bulldog and Owen are down next. Um, Pretty good table setter, I guess, for their tag title match. Vincent King talk up the slammies and Sean's announcements. We get a big lockup, some power jockeying. Ross talks about how Paul Bearer could manage the tag champions for the first time. Ross also talks about how Vader has been on fire since Final Four. He pummels Bulldog in the corner. Ross says he thinks Austin's only here tonight to make sure Brett wins the title so he can challenge for it at Mania. 
Bullock comes back with a shoulder block and a clothesline. He gets an impressive delayed vertical, knocks Vader to the floor. Mankind checks in on him as we go to break. We come back. Vader's in control. Hits a middle rope splash. Misses a sit-out splash. Bullock gets two on a cross body block. Bullock tries a crucifix, but Vader drops down on him and splashes him for two. Vader hits a body block off the middle rope. Ross runs down the upcoming shows, WrestleMania in Chicago, Raw in Rockford, and there'll be a live event the next night in Peoria. Bullock rumbles back with a flurry, catches Vader on an avalanche, slams him, loads up the power slam, but Mankind hooks his leg. Owen makes a save, and the match, of course, is thrown out. Vader and Mankind beat on Owen until Bulldog smacks Paul Bearer and uses the urn to clean house. So the start a little slow. I thought it picked up down the stretch. The crowd was into the big moments. Vader continues to rebuild the confidence. Looks a little bit more like a power beast, uh, as he should. Bulldog, I thought, looked great, honestly. The crowd was really into him. Showed off his power. He bounced around. Uh, a pretty fine little TV match. Um, I think this is one that benefited. We talked about this from this new setting. This is one that made it felt like kind of plotting in like that old stale raw setting. But now with the arena and the crowd feels a little bit more juice into it. And uh, they had the heat for mania. So I went two and a half, uh, perfectly fine match. Uh, you know, again, I think it's aided by the atmosphere and the heat for mania. Yeah. This is another feud along with the intercontinental and the Goldust Hemsley that I don't think has a lot of meat going into mania from what they've done. But I think this has been helped by this in-ring match. Um, mm-hmm. Actually went three stars here. Because I, I would say besides Austin and Brett, so far in 97, my third and fourth favorite guys in the promotion is Vader third and Bulldog fourth. Uh, strictly from an in-ring, um, I, I think both have shown a lot of energy, uh, mm-hmm. some stiffness and some uh, urgency that you're not seeing in the other matches. And I, I thought that parlayed here where with the say with the setting, uh, it was worked at a good pace, uh, had some stiff shots, uh, you know, some nice like kind of brawling around that, that uses the uh, arena field to the best of its advantage. And um, overall it was, was a successful match. I, I thought it was a good TV match. Cut. He's going to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the British Bulldog. I've got a history in Royal Rumbles. And tonight, I'm going to remake history by winning this night's Royal Rumble. Tonight, because I'm bizarre. Bulldog has a sneaky great 97, actually. He's kind of like underrated the whole year. Yeah, um, we've been talking about him. So, I'm, I'm a, I am I'm, mean, it's, it's already started. But, I, yeah. I mean, I think he's been better than Owen in 97. So. Yeah, he he's, he really has a good year, which makes the drop off in '98 so dramatic, <laughs> so crazy, uh, because he is so good in '97. Yeah. All right, we got a Slammy's ad. Ken Shamrock is at the announce table. King is excited to see his old friend. That was a pretty funny callback to the to the Raw thing. We didn't like it on Raw, but well, uh, man, I mean, so this is funny that he says it again. It's kind of amazing in three weeks how much Shamrock's look has changed. Yeah. Like at that raw, he was with his wife. He's in that stupid suit. They they kind of had you know, he's puckering up. I don't know but who you are, King. It, it, it was so. It was. It's like that. That really felt like something like a year ago. The way he yeah. is now, where he, I mean, now he looks like a fighter. He's juiced he, up. He got him go. more comfortable already. Yeah. So so it was. I don't I don't know what happened with that first appearance. Whether he just had stage fright or. what. But that yeah, was, that was the whole thing. That was, was such weird, a man. rough debut compared to what you get, you know, two, three weeks <laughs> later. Um, it's it's just strange. 
All right, to the ring we go is Billy Gunn is taking on Aaron Ferguson. Billy's out. He's chirping his shamrock. He's all smiles, ready for mania. Ken says, doesn't matter if your opponent is a top echelons or not. You need to focus. Uh, Billy keeps chirping at Ken, hooks a leg lace. He showed off. Shamrock critiques it, says Billy needs to pay more attention. Uh, Billy keeps working various submissions and wins with an armbar. This is more about Shamrock than Billy, uh, just trying yeah. to show the Shamrock's expertise. Um, half a star. I mean, they kept it quick at least. Yeah, this was your other uh, jobber match, uh, mm -hmm. squash match of the show. I want a quarter star. Not, I mean, nothing here. It was just, uh, yeah, about the Shamrock on commentary, like you said, which, I mean, he didn't add a whole lot either. This was right. just kind of like a segment to get it done with. So Billy goes over to Shamrock, says he won't live up to his hype. He baits him into the ring. Vince tries to back down Ken, but he ignores him, gets in the ring. He makes quick work of Billy, gets an armbar and an ankle lock. Shamrock says Billy has no idea what he's doing, and Shamrock's an animal, and he could have snapped Billy's ankle if he wanted to. Billy teases using a chair and then bails. Good showcase, I thought, for Shamrock's skills to set him up as the ref for Mania to show that he can fuck up Brett Austin if he needs to. And Because a lot of the crowd probably hasn't seen any UFC. It's so new. Um, so I think yeah. this is like a good showcase of, all right, Shamrock's legit. He just took out Billy Gunn in like 30 seconds, and he could probably do that to whoever if he needs to. Yeah, I guess Billy's as good as anybody else, but he really gets jobbed out pretty quick here by Shamrock, so. I don't know if Honky Tonk Man caught this with his recruiting. But, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. haven't seen him tonight. It's a nice break. Thank no God. Yes, yeah, yeah, he, he can go away. Yeah. All right, Steve Austin pops up on the Titan Tron. Says he ain't impressed by Ken Shamrock. Gunn just got done with a brutal match, and Ken took advantage brutal of this match. Yeah. Shamrock doesn't belong to the WF. It's his place. Ken got into some little street fights, and someone happened to have a video camera and recorded it, and now he's a star. But he's overrated and a big piece of trash. One day he's going to beat the hell out of Shamrock. And on Sunday, he just needs to call the match as he sees it, or he's going to punch his lights out. Austin calls Vince a jackass, says he is the king of the ring, and whenever you set up a ring, he's supposed to be there. That's his job. He will make sure Bret Hart is the WWF champion so he can leave with his title on Sunday. Austin was the real Royal Rumble winner. He deserves the WrestleMania title shot anyway, and Hart only won Final Four because Austin was crippled and sick. Bret, on his best day, can't lace Austin's boots, and he's going to prove it to the world and beat the hell out of him and become the new champion and i thought this was a fantastic promo austin completely on fire um everything is spoken with such confidence and fluidity there's no hesitation there's no stammering it's just one after the other he knows exactly what he's trying to get across and i thought this was really good stuff yeah good promo good uh use of the titan tron mm -hmm. um so so they're utilizing that well as well um yeah, I mean, strong. I mean, it, it really feels like you were coming out of Mania, maybe with Austin versus Shamrock, because it definitely seems like they're building up a lot of animosity between them two. I don't know um, though. At this point, if like me watching, I don't know if I realized Shamrock was sticking around though. Like, it felt like it could just be like a kind of a special guest spot. He goes back to UFC. Like, I don't think I knew he had signed a contract or anything until later when he pops back up, like heading into May. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I was 16, so what I wasn't reading anything besides what it was on. AI. Yeah, I mean, Meltzer at it, but that's, you know, very inside. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I thought Austin's strategy was strong in saying he was going, you know, try to get Brett to win because he wanted to be the champion. So Yeah, I mean, it really sets up, like, tonight well. Like, you really want to watch because, again, you you can see a world where Austin screws Undertaker and makes sure Brett wins. Like, I don't think it's that far-fetched, you know, and – so they definitely did a nice job building intrigue for this main event tonight. Yeah, I'm just I'm very surprised at the ratings on this show. Mm -hmm. 
because <clears throat> I like the gap. They they close it a little bit, but it's still almost about the same throughout the night. Like even with their build, I mean, uh, it's it's just one of those. You know, yeah. it's a weird thing where like what you're seeing doesn't necessarily relate. <clears throat> so to me, this is a night where if you are watching both shows, like it's pretty clear like which one you should be more. Yeah. I mean, they do. They started right off the top with the hype about the rumors and all that, and they've carried it all night. So, yeah. Um, all right, the crew is assembling the cage. Vince talks to Sid. He's ready for Brad. He warns Austin to stay away, uh, and that sets up our big world title cage match. Brett the Hitman Hart challenging Psycho Sid. A lot of variables here. Brett storms out, gets a mixed reaction, big pop for Sid. Ross runs through the strategy, giving it a big, big fight feel. I thought he does a nice job, kind of doing the tail of the tape. Brett hammers and chokes away. Sid slugs back. The crowd pretty split. Austin is watching backstage. Brett takes over. He drops some elbows, tries to escape. Sid slams him into the cage, pounds away on his chest. Sid runs Brett twice into the cage, tries to climb, but Brett blocks him. They trade punches and then scale back down. Brett throws some strikes. He tries to escape again, but Sid punches him in the gut and slams him. Sid starts to crawl to the door, but Steve Austin pops up. The first time, he locks the door. So here we go. We go to a break. We come back. Brett and Sid are trading control. Sid hits a power bomb, gets a big pop. Austin is pissed. He meets Sid at the top of the cage, and they throw down. Austin almost falls, which is kind of scary. Uh, mm-hmm. They keep slugging away, and he eventually just climbs the cage into the cage to block Sid. Hart scales up from behind, and him and Austin actually work together to fight off Sid, which is cool. Uh, Undertaker comes out. He gets a big pop. He climbs up. He's now helping Sid. Austin ends up hanging from the cage. Sid is beating on him. Brett and Taker are trading blows. Taker and Austin get pushed aside, and Brett hits a superplex. Austin gets a chair and destroys Taker with it. Sid scales the cage. Brett goes for the door, but Taker comes over and slams the door into Brett. Sid drops to the floor and retains the title. Sid and Undertaker both leave as Brett lingers in the ring. He's exhausted, uh, and that's that. So, look, the match is whatever, but the end stretch and the drama and the dynamic with palpable, tangible goals about the world title meaning a lot for all these guys made this really hit. We go to Mady on a hot moment. You get the top four dudes throwing down. Um, you have the cool dynamics of Taker and Sid working together, Brett and Austin working together. I thought the announcers did a good job telling the story. So I went two and three quarters of the match, but the story and the, everything around it really popped up well. Uh, I went three for the match. I think I like the match better than the story, actually, uh, because I think for me, like, it, it makes sense, but it also does, again, it's just a conception for me that this is the go home. Um, so, so we get more with what Brett does, but like Taker and Sid, uh, them two, now after this match, they're the world title match. They're the main event, and they kind of just walk off. You know, they're kind of—it's a weird mania. It's like almost they started the night after Mania build two weeks early because that's when they kicked off this Raw stuff. It's like this almost felt like a hard reboot that would happen after Mania, and they just said, "Fuck it, we're going to start it two weeks early, and this is where we're going." Yeah, and that's it. So, so I, I, I don't. I'm very conflicted because I, I think the moment of all four of them, like on top of the cage fighting is a really neat visual. Um, but it almost felt like that would have been good if these were the four that were facing off at final four. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so, so I like, but I really like the match. I think, uh, I think Sid, uh, this is one of the more snug matches he has where he lays it in. Brett does too. It, I mean, it's very chaotic. So it definitely has a chaotic, like uh, frantic mm-hmm. feel, which is an improvement. It's a good match. There's just uh, <laughs> overall, <clears throat> I mean, where I'm at with the promotion right now, 
is a lot of great things are coming together and they're they're almost there i just think they haven't quite like fit everything together yet and there's some yeah. stuff from like a traditional booking uh standpoint that i'm i'm not a hundred percent on board with and this is just one of them i mean i i mean it's 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 interesting to watch from a retrospective standpoint uh to see a mania built this way but i don't necessarily think like the title is that important from what i'm seeing uh to me it's more about like the vendettas that each individual no, i don't know though austin and brett have been pretty clear about wanting the title in all of this i mean that's Austin's but when does that shift? Because they never fight over it. Well, they haven't. Neither has been champion. <laughs> so, well, I mean, they really haven't had a chance. Obviously, right? can't be that important because they never get it. Well, Brett keeps trying. He keeps getting screwed. Austin tried to yeah. final four. He got screwed. You know, so they try. Yeah. I mean, I think they're trying. Uh, I think too the. I think they just assume Mania is going to get a shitty buy rate, and so they're like, "Fuck it, let's just let's just kick off our future now." Versus like, it's probably maybe we get a bump just out of because of this versus like. I think they knew where they were headed was probably not going to hit. So I mean, they still like, advertise that there's some tickets for sale, which is kind of crazy on this show. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy to think now versus then. All right, we get the Karate Fighters rewind. It's the end of, of what we just saw. Uh, we go to after break. Bret Hart is in the ring. He's aggravated. The cage is being taken apart, which I love as a visual behind this whole thing. Uh, Vince McMahon hops in the ring, talks to Bret. He says he must be frustrated, and and out of nowhere, uh, Bret shoves down Vince. Vince bails out, and Brett hits this very classic tirade. Frustrated isn't the goddamn word for it. This is bullshit. You screwed me. Everyone screws me. Nobody does anything about it. No one in the building cares. No one in the dressing room cares. It's just so much goddamn injustice. I've had it up to here. Everyone knows it. I should be WF champion, but everyone turns a blind eye. You turn a blind eye. Gorilla Monsoon turns a blind eye, and everyone in the goddamn dressing room knows I am the best. Vince is sad. He's despondent at ringside. King says shit to get him, uh, try and get him out of the ring. The crowd is booing. Brett continues. And then he says, if you don't like it, tough shit. Austin shows up on the Titan Tron. He says, all Brett does is cry like a baby. He tried to help him, but he's such a loser. He still couldn't do it. Uh, it could have been them for the title at WrestleMania, but Brett blew it. Brett yells over Austin ranting and says, they call him Stone Cold because the stones are cold. And if you won't come out to face him, uh, and he won't come out himself to face him. Brett says Austin only jumps him from behind. He doesn't have the guts to take him on one-on-one. Austin dips out. Brett's ranting. Everyone knows where there's psycho Sid. Did you think for one second that belt belongs to you? You know it, and everyone else knows it. The belt belongs to me. Sid stomps out. He says, I don't know shit, crybaby. As Vince <laughs> apologizes for the language. Brett wants to fight. Sid gets in the ring. Undertaker's out. Austin's out. Brett meets Taker with a tope. They're brawling. Vince says the only conspiracy is the one in Brett's head, and this is not what his great legacy is about. Brett punches Pat Patterson. Vince loses it, calls him a dirty, rotten son of a... He gets cut off. Uh, the brawl continues as Undertaker instead of throwing bombs. Austin and Brett scrap around ringside. Vince is begging USA for some more time. Shawn Michaels comes out. He's walking around picking up random pieces of the cage. Uh, then he gets in the ring, grabs a chair. Vince says, Shawn Michaels is in the war zone and begs that he doesn't want him to risk injury. And we fade out from there. Uh, this is a hot ending. I think it's an all-time Raw segment. It's an all-time Brett moment in the WWF. Uh, the Brett heel turn is pretty much on the doorstep. This is, to me, the full arrival of Raw is war. This moment, this match, this this post-match. Um, it's the first like great moment, I think, in Raw's war history. And uh, I think it really hit. 
whether or not you feel it's sold mania, I don't know. But it, to me, it's sold the WF. It's like, all right, these four guys fucking hate each other. Brett is losing his mind. Austin's a madman. I don't know. Sean picking up pieces of the cage is weird, but uh, the rest of this yeah. really connected, I thought, and, and uh, I thought it hit. Yeah, Brett's tirade is uh, a legendary promo that uh, is just something you hadn't seen um, mm-hmm. on like a mainstream wrestling show. Like you'd had some edge on ECW, uh, but as far as on, you know, from from Certainly from the days of Allentown to uh, the 605 and Nitro. I mean, this this was just a different kind of delivery. Uh, again, the Titantron is utilized well with Austin in the back. <laughs> Crybaby, all you do is whine. Uh, so, so that works good. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is like a 9.5 out of 10 segment. only way I would detract it a little bit is just the, the Michael stuff. Um, a very tiny bit, but it's a legendary segment. It's a legendary performance by, I think, Hart, um, you know, pushing down Vince. Because he does have the same thing where, like, when he re-signed, uh, you know, he was he was kind of addressing Vince with that. So so we know that, like, right. you know, that, that curtain has been pulled back a little bit. Um, but this just further emphasizes that. Well, and the ECW stuff really pulled it back, too. Right, that, too. Uh, Vince, Vince aghast that Brett hit Pat Patterson was funny. Like, had to like well, especially where, where it's going in the next two years with Pat. Yeah. <laughs> just the most abhorrent thing you could ever do. It's like, oh, my God, that's Pat Patterson. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean. It's Hall of Famer, Pat Patterson. <laughs> Legendary promo. Very good. Sports yeah, and it's a classic segment. Um, I love Austin too because it's it's so true. He's so aggravated. He's like, even with me fucking helping you, you're still such a bum. You couldn't get it done. Like it's it's such a good yeah. line for him to be able to deliver it because it's true. It's like I even I even with me and you, you still couldn't get it done. You suck. Right. Um, so anyway, great ending to this raw uh, match of the night was obviously Brett and Sid. Yep. Moment was Brett snapping. Yep. Uh, MVP Brett Hart. <laughs> Disagree yep. with any of that. All right. Uh, debuts Mike Bell and Aaron Ferguson. Yep. Uh, I want to drop the angle is Sean's smile. I mean, it's found again. <laughs> he got it back. He found it at San Antonio. Retirement's over. He's he's back officially. He's picking up pieces of the cage. Where's Jose? Um, Jose and Pete. He, he's gone. I guess, the I guess he family. I know. I know. It's like he needed to needed to drop them dudes to find a smile. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. They're out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so this is probably an overrate based on that last segment, but I went seven and a half out of ten. I mean, I think it's it's a super memorable night of Raw. It's a really good through line for the night. Um, the cage and, and the rant after is like an all time top segment in in Raw history. It's it's one of Brett's best moments of the year, and it kicks off so many things over the next few months. It's so important. Uh, I really like the Nation stuff to start the show. I thought that was well done. Bulldog Vader was good. So there's some down stuff in there, but I thought again. Raw has come a long way over the last month or so, and this just shows, um, you know, we've had more good than bad over the past month now, suddenly. Yeah, I went seven. I, I think this is a good show. I think there's just some, again, some minor uh, tweaking, tightening, um, probably some a little bit better consistency in ring to uh, to pull it up above. But, I mean, when you have a promo like that and you have two good matches – it's gonna get a good rating for me. So I mean, that's that's what this show has. This show has two amazing characters and Brett and Austin, and they're enveloped in this great feud. 
regardless of how muddled I think the title may be heading into Mania and some of the other moving parts, the Brett Austin situation in and of itself is a you know a great legendary feud. I think I don't I don't think that could be understated because obviously we know like what happens with the match. Like we'll get to mm-hmm. that on our next show, but you know, no surprise, we're both gonna love the match. Um and, and everybody loves the match. And that that's a great like outcome. But like going in, this was a great program too. So it's like yeah. for them to deliver on that is is a you can't be understated. Like that was a uh, a great like bitch mark moment because because I think you can argue that like you know Sabu and Taz at the same time in ECW were also having a great feud and a great like build up with each other. And you look at that pay per view match, which mm-hmm. is what it is. And compare it to like what Austin yeah, and right. Brett put out, and it's you know it's clear. And then you can get down the road. We'll get way down the road, but they're already setting it up now with the Sting Hogan thing, which that's a different dynamic because that's never going to be like a work rate gym. But just in how you present it, how you pay it off, how you satisfy your fan base, uh, that right. matters a lot. And going in, they've set all this stuff up for Austin versus Hart. And as we'll see, it gets it gets played out and developed even more within the match itself at WrestleMania. So, very All good. Right. All right, combo awards, um, <clears throat> best show. Obviously, we we feel is Raw. Yep. Uh, best match, Heart Sid. Yep. Best moment, Heart Snaps. Yep. Uh, star of the night is Brett. <laughs> yep. Uh, better commentary. I don't really care. I, I think I it's about, well, it's a solid, I think, but I'll go raw. I, I think, I think Vince and King added a lot to that main event. I thought in JR, I thought they were really good in the main event. Um, WCW felt kind of run of the mill this week. I don't think anything stood out. No, they're always good. Out, this they were, is, yeah, we didn't get any outsiders in the booth really to like help carry stuff. So we'll give raw the clean sweep because they don't get it often. Um, but Nitro obviously wins the ratings. Yeah, ratings stayed about the same, which I said I thought it was interesting. And uh, even in the Observer, they go into the quarter hours, and it's even more uh, intriguing. But overall, uh, last week on the 310 episode, Raw was 2.3. This week, they're 2.4, so about the same. Nitro last week was 3.5. This week, they're 3.6. So, I mean, I mean, everything stayed status quo. All right. So that'll do it for us. Uh, we are out. We'll be back in two weeks with WrestleMania 13. So pretty exciting uh, milestone. It's been a while since we covered WrestleMania. Obviously, in the show, the pace we move. Um, but this is this is a big one. It's not one of the best manias of all time, but it's gonna, probably the greatest WWF match of all time. Um, it kind of kicks off the Attitude Era uh, in earnest. And, you know, see how it holds up the rest of the show. But it'll be a fun one to dive into for sure, given us tracking the build up to it, which has been kind of all over the place. So check out everything in North South Connection. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing us. Thank you for leaving your comments and your likes and all that. We really appreciate it. Smell the napalm. We'll talk to you in two weeks.
Mama be me. 